that's been a huge part of my week is anticipating this one second in my life and figuring out what extra thing I'm going to do with it. I'll, I'll probably watch porn. Yeah, that's usually <laughs> what I do with my extra time. So, yeah, I don't care. It's an extra second, whatever. You know, if I have yeah. extra time, I'm watching porn. That's what I do. My name is Eric Van Johnson, and you're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 39, recorded December 2nd, 2016. In this episode, we talk about Google's new MTP servers, the announcements coming out of AWS reInvent 2016 conference, 24 pull requests, new features in Laravel 5.3.25, PHP 7.1 is released, and much more. So let's get started. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Eric. How's it going? Um, it's going all right. Going all right. Long week. We're recording recording late this week. We're all the way into Saturday today. So everybody's been busy. I've I've managed to screw things up pretty significantly for us. Oh. <laughs> I think everybody's just a little busy. I, I think it's going to be crazy this entire month, actually. And I have a couple holiday parties to go to. But we did it. We made it to episode 39, if you can believe it. Yeah, tried to kill us, but it couldn't. Do you know, does this year feel a little long to you? And can you believe we're already in December, first of all? Really, no. I mean, Christmas is like warp speed ahead. But this year is technically one second longer than other years. Did you know it's, fe- it's really felt like it, too. Yeah, you can really feel that extra second, can't you? Yeah. I didn't realize we had years with leap seconds. Like, I knew we had leap years where we had an extra day in February... But I didn't realize there were years with leap seconds. It was, a, it was like a big deal. Yeah, it's a little more arbitrary than the the leap year schedule is. I think this one is the whole scientific community has to sort of get together and agree on whether or not it should be done. Yeah, it's funny because the reason I know about this is Google announced that they were opening up a public NTP, Network Time Protocol Server. If you've ever done any sort of uh, server administration or you even probably with your phones, although phones, you don't realize that's what it's syncing to. But a lot of times with servers, you'll sync servers to an NTP server somewhere just to make sure that your servers always stay on the right time. And now Google, I guess, they're opening up a public... Uh, and, and this is not unusual for Google. They did it for DNS. They have the public uh, Google DNS servers. So Google's doing that now. They're, they're doing it all. Man. They're going to start manipulating time next. <laughs> I, I think they're just doing it to piss off North Korea. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I remember reading something. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but I remember reading something of the guy who maintained the code base for NTP, the NTP protocol, the NT protocol. From what I got out of the article, he was like almost a bitter developer. Like he was not financially well off. He was the only one that maintained the project because it was such a boring project. Nobody wanted to work on it. And there was very little to do with it. And I I remember hearing something about he was threatening to, or not threatening, just kind of announcing he wasn't going to maintain it anymore. And there was like nobody else <laughs> around to maintain it. They're like, okay, who's going to do this? I mean, not that we are ex- yeah. expecting anything to go wrong, but somebody's got to maintain it. It's, it's like threatening that you're not going to maintain your own car anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else just sort of looks at you and goes, oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. This was years and years ago. So I'm, obviously something happened where 
somebody took it over but yeah it's it's one of those things you don't think about until it's gone and then you realize well crap we kind of need that don't we yeah, it's a lot of surprising stuff runs on those NTP servers. Things that need to have very, very close uh, sync times. So how was your uh, week back to work? Oh boy, well, I got sick. So it's almost oh, no. as if my body just responded for me. <laughs> and it's not that difficult for you either, because you work from home too. It's not like you had to go into the office. That's always... A- I remember those days, like you'd get that long four day weekend and then that Monday would roll around and just be like, oh man, I can't believe I got to go back into the office. Yeah. And you know, the thing about getting sick when you work from home is you don't have a whole lot of excuses not to still go to work. So I, I just felt like crap while working. <laughs> yeah. Typically what I'll do is if I'm not feeling well, you know, I might tell the guys, I'm going to be like, hey, uh, I'm going down for an hour or two. I got to take a nap. But yeah, for the most part, you you got to keep chugging along. You're home. Yeah, I, I ended up writing a lot of uh, tests in Laravel. Oh, really? Um, which, yeah, you know, Laravel is kind of funny because if you follow the docs, they teach you not to do unit testing, but to do a kind of a form of integration testing instead. And all our new system is heavily JavaScript powered, so none of that works at all. <laughs> so, you know, Adam Wathen released his test-driven Laravel series this week saw that and i probably spent a solid two days going through videos and it's as bad as laracast man you just start going through them and say like boom 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 they're good is it the it's nice series. N- nice relaxing voice it's not quite as intoxicating as jeffrey way but uh he does a good job i think looking through the course i'm pretty sure he's going to touch on the whole javascript aspect of it i'll let you know what comes of that but it's a great series and you know we have adam wathen he's going to be speaking with us at laravel meetup in january so i'm i'm really excited about that as well yeah i'll have to pick his brain and see what he thinks about the crash that is our system right now the crash that is your system right now yes the train wreck in slow motion <laughs> it's like you see you see it coming you just you can't seem to get out of the way yep yeah so what have you been up to oh man besides accounting for leap seconds yeah that's been a huge part of my week is as you know anticipating this one second in my life and figuring out what extra thing i'm going to do with it I'll, I'll probably watch porn yeah that's usually what i do with my <laughs> extra time so yeah i don't care it's an extra second whatever you know if i have extra time i'm watching yeah. porn that's what i do <laughs> second on the clock is a second on the clock you can't you, you can't waste it no we had a uh, developer that stopped uh, work nobody works for us everybody's a contractor we had a developer that decided he wanted to get a full-time job and he left our little organization which i mean it sucked because i'm pretty sure it had been with us the longest of any of the developers and obviously had a ton of knowledge was pretty much the lead on one of our biggest contracts so i've been kind of spending my last couple weeks getting up to speed on a lot of the intricacies of one of our contracts that i've been kind of doing the the broad brush stroke over the last year because we've had this other developer in place who's really managed it for us so i'm kind of digging down into the weeds again and and really familiarizing myself with the code base and it's good i i like it I, i mean I love coding, so it's nice. It's just, yeah, when you try to juggle a lot of clients and make sure that there's enough work for everybody, it's hard to have that focus, but man, I do love it when I get time to code. It is hands down my favorite thing to do. And I really have taken to refactoring. I love to refactor code. I don't know what it is. I, You know, I think what it is, is for me, there's no thinking about what the code has to do. There's a defined 
this is what the code does. Now make it better. And I've been getting into a lot of pages that, you know, were had an error, needed some modification, and just refactoring the hell out of it. And it's just so satisfying to take a, a code file that's a thousand lines of code and knock that thing down to 200 lines of code. It's just really kind of a nice feeling at the end of the day. And, and everything still yeah, works. Yeah, it gives you that. It gives you that chance to to use all the stuff that you've learned throughout the time since you've looked at that code. You know, it's oh, I'm gonna use a repository for this. This will that'll clean things up a lot, or stuff like that. Yeah, people have different coding styles, and I know one of the refactorings I did recently. I hate else state. If else, I hate the else. I vehemently try to make sure my code does not have an else statement. And the developer who had done this one page, I had a touch didn't adhere to that he had no problem with if else if so i took a lot of pleasure in knocking out all those else statements and just having a bunch of if statements or or even even fewer if statements so it's that and again when you're a consultant or a contractor for a company a lot of times you're coding in like firefighter mode it's like hey we need this today this isn't working, fix it. And you're not really thinking best practice or long-term vision or anything like that. You're just like, boom, you know, let me puke this code out and get this working so this client can make money. And, and then you hope you have the opportunity to revisit the code and make it pretty. So, but yeah, I like refactoring code. I'm really enjoying it. You know what else I'm enjoying? I'm back on I'm back onto the Vue.js stuff. Uh, I went to the meetup. The, Lar- the Laravel meetup, <laughs> the San Diego Vue.js meetup, and they started a little project, and that was fun. And I tweeted out some Vue.js questions, got a ton of responses. As a matter of fact, Adam Wathen was one of the guys that responded. Taylor actually responded to me on one of my questions. It's nice Taylor to be Otto. famous. People uh, respond back to you. <laughs> and I'm really just starting to i'm feeling like i'm getting it and i'm trying to not overuse it i think there's a new series on laracast now for the view js 2.0 at least i don't remember being there before i i popped over to laracast and saw it i'm like hey i I don't remember there being a view 2.0 series here and i hadn't watched it um you can see that in your queue so i started burning through that as well but Man, I'm en- I'm enjoying that view stuff. I tell you. Yeah, actually, I think that uh, series on View 2.0 is a free series right now. Oh, is it? I think I, so. I need to say something to Jeffrey Way. I need to make a recommendation of making his free series more prominent to the people who pay, just so I know when I can share a series. Like, I always have to open up an incognito browser window and try to go to the series to see if it shows up because I, I'll want to share it. As soon as I'm like, man, this is, I'm learning so much from this and I'll, I'll want to share it, but I'm usually a little hesitant unless it is a free series. And yeah, it's, it'd be nice to be able to tell that just looking at the page somehow that maybe there is, and I'm just missing it. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're logged in, uh, it doesn't give you that little free indicator. Not sure why, but, uh, yeah, the current 11 episode series of view 2.0 is free. Man, I'm telling you what, nobody can ever fault that guy for making a little coin on Laracast. Because for every dollar that guy makes, he clearly gives away $2. You know what I mean? The guy contributes so much to the community and to the well-being of you know knowledge transfer and making people better at what they're doing. 
I tell you, you can never fault that guy for making a, you know, a buck or two on Laracast. He's a great guy. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, I've bought t-shirts from him. Usually whenever him or Taylor or somebody tweets something out like that, because I, I don't subscribe to any Taylor's services. His, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Envoyer and what's his other? And Forge, I, I don't use any of his services, but I always feel like obligated to, you know, if he releases a t-shirt or something, I'm like, yeah, let me give the guy some money. Because, I mean, so much of my business is built around Laravel now. It, it's insane. And so, yeah, yeah, I don't mind paying. I don't mind paying for Laracast. I don't mind buying a couple of t-shirts from Jeffrey Way or, or Taylor Outwell. They're, they're good, good guys. Yeah, they're Definitely, definitely a good guy. You going to Laracon? No, you know what? I'm not going to make it this year. They're a good they, guy. Uh, I'm not going to let that go. <laughs> Your whole Fight Club uh, scenario with Taylor and Jeffrey, you've met both of them. Don't act I like you haven't met both of them at the same them. time. What's that? I, I have met, I've met both of them, but I, I, I didn't meet them at the same time. No, you, <laughs> you think it's like a Superman thing where he actually changes physical appearance? Yeah. No, I, uh, I think there's definitely some, some sort of shape-shifting going on. <laughs> What was it? Oh, Laricon. Are you going to Laricon? No, I'm not going to make it to Laricon this year. They decided not to uh, have it in San Diego, so you're, you're protesting. Screw it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm protesting the idea of flying to New York. Ever. Yeah, yeah. I bought my tickets, but man, I, I I think the wife is coming with me. I'm pretty sure the wife's coming with me, so we're, we're gonna have to get a hotel room. But man, it's just the cost associated to it right now is. It's times like this. I'm like, man, I wish I worked for somebody else who paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish I didn't have this damn company I owned. <laughs> Amazon conference is wrapping up their AWS reInvent. Is that what's called reInvent? Yeah, I think this was called. Are you a big AWS fan? Uh, you know, I know at some point I'd love to be a an AWS expert, but I've never had cause to be an AWS expert of any kind. Dude, I don't know how you can be an expert in AWS. They are just pounding the services out left and right. And just these services that you would just never think, like the layman out there would be like, yeah, caching as a service? Who the hell is going to pay for caching as a service? And you have us developers, we're like, woohoo! Caching as a service! This is awesome! They, they have so many of these cool... And they've got a couple of... Uh, they announced a couple new products this year. Athena was one, which is like this... Uh, I'm really curious about how this is going to work, but so they have S3 bucket storage for a very, real long time. S3 is like this uh, storage, like like Dropbox, right? Where you can basically put anything you want in there. And I've heard people use S3 almost as a data store. So almost like a couch DB or something where they just create these documents and it's a data store. And I used to always think to myself, I'm like, that seems very inefficient because there's no way to interact with it. There was no way to index it or look through it. And I guess enough people were doing it or there was enough of a demand that they released this Athena service, which you can now query your S3 buckets using SQL. So you, ha you have like these SQL commands. Like, yeah, you do like a select <laughs> star and you can query your S3 buckets now. I mean, how crazy is that? It's just in case the, the terminology and everything wasn't confusing enough for S3. <laughs> Because yeah. I still couldn't tell you which service access layer provider my bucket container groups have permission to. It is so bizarre. 
permissions has always been the thing I've struggled with the most with S3 is trying to make sure it's locked down correctly, but you still have access is yeah. such a challenge. There's been plenty of times where I've, I've had an S3 bucket and I've got permissions set up so that my servers can access it and I find out that everything can access it across the world <laughs> because there's one checkbox in a hidden tab that you have to enable under advanced settings and it's crazy to deal with. They also released a service called AWS X-Ray. Man, I haven't had a chance to look at this yet, but it's touted as AWS X-Ray helps developers analyze and debug production distributed applications such as those built using microservice architecture. So I'm kind of curious. It, I remember there was another product out there like that where you could kind of see like these real-time running apps and you got like this feed of like the classes that were being called and the SQL queries that were being called. So it sounds like X-Ray is going to be like that. And I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, it looks interesting. I would never want to be the person who really needed this tool as part of their daily job. (laughs) (laughs) Reassuring people that that your uptime is 100% is a job I don't want. It's tough, yeah. I But AWS does make it a lot simpler. We don't have any dedicated ops people, right, in our little group. And we have one client that's hardcore AWS. Like every AWS, Mechanical Turk, every AWS service this guy wants to take advantage of. And we've been able to manage a fairly complex, load-balanced, distributed, auto-scaling environment with really no ops. Now, yeah, I'll say that, but I will prefix that with the fact that I feel like the environment would be a lot better and run a lot smoother if we did have a dedicated operations person. But my point being, to have running what we have running now, back in the day, previous to AWS, would be un imaginable without a completely dedicated team probably bigger than the development team uh used to run stuff on it so aws has really nailed it and i'm kind of addicted to their services and i don't even use i i mean i barely use any of them and but the ones i do i i just love it's nice to have clients who, who are willing to pay for it as well yeah so we're getting pretty close to christmas here it's we're we're into december now as of our recording Yes, we are. I hear the sleigh bells jingling, ring ding dingling. Oh, that's that's my oh, cat. I thought I heard. So there's an interesting little advent calendar type thing out there. I'm not I'm not sure if you've heard of this, except that I I am because I know you uh, pinned this item. Okay. But uh, 24 pull requests. 24. Yeah, it'd be nice if you moved that over. 24 pull requests. This is very similar to Hacktoberfest. Which, did you participate in Hacktoberfest? I helped market it through my podcast. You helped market it through your podcast? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't consciously change my behavior as far as trying to to contribute to open source, Uh, but I did contribute to a few open source projects in that month, and I got an email from them saying, hey, we're going to send you stickers, you know, what's your address? I'm like, oh, that's cool. How do they even know to send me stickers? And then I saw somebody else mention that if they said they're sending you stickers, they're also sending you a shirt, but I haven't gotten my shirt. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't gotten my shirt either. I think there's, I haven't actually talked to anybody who's gotten it t-shirt i don't know what happened if there's something else you had to do i don't particularly care 
I'm not going to go fill out another form or anything like that, but I just thought it was interesting that they sent me an email to send me stickers, which I haven't received either. But yeah, so 24 pull requests. We're getting off topic. 24 pull requests sounds very similar to Hacktoberfest, right? It is. I think it's a little more curated than Hacktoberfest was. If you sign up, then they give you a list of projects that need attention and could use some open source love. The reward's a little less impressive as well. You get a badge on your coder wall, which I haven't even. Yeah, I've. I haven't even logged I've into my coder really wall. Been I couldn't even tell you last time I've logged into coder wall to to see what my status was. Yeah, but they do have some events, and people can host an event and things like that that are twenty four pull request related. We and... don't have a meetup this month. Maybe you should host a twenty four pull. No, I th- I think I'm gonna. Relax and let the fact that I don't have a meetup actually let me <laughs> take it easy a little. It looks like there's only three things going on and nothing in the northern North Americas, nothing in the Americas, <laughs> North, South, <laughs> Greenland, nothing. Hey, open source is a global community, that's, okay? Oh, uh, man. That's, that's disappointing. Oh, I don't have time. I'm busy. I'm busy. Oh, that wait a day. second. Wait a second. It was asking me to. To give it permission on my location. Let me see if anything's showing up now. Nope. Nope. Still nothing. Nope. No. <laughs> but now they know where you are. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I definitely want to encourage people if you're going to, yeah, if you want to get into open source, feel free to do it through one of these projects, one of these efforts. But I might actually hop into one of these during my uh, vacation. Yeah. Time. I keep saying I'm going to try to get more active and more active and. I've been trying, but, you know, again, so many things going on. You and I run the, the Laravel user group, and That's you also true. used to help me run the PHP user group until you decided to bail on me. I did not bail on you. However. We got shut down by the man. The man shut us down. We were getting too close, too close to the truth. So there's a whole mailing list of PHP user group admins, and then somebody got the bright idea to ask who had stickers for their user groups and they started this whole sticker exchange so if you went to a conference you could get they they asked all the user groups to send in stickers and i sent in a ton of stickers and then if you if you go to a php conference that one of these people they're at you can get stickers from all these different user groups anyways as a thank you or as just uh whatever they sent us a package of all the stickers of all the user groups oh lordy look at that look at vegas look at that how cool is that one i thought ours was cool fabulous fabulous php vegas that's a big one right there most of them are pretty small most of them like like this is pretty much the size of a lot of them are these little dots that just say php there's a php diversity which is uh which is actually the elephant that's selling the the little rainbow elephant we we sent two sizes of ours so we sent our large ones and then we sent our small ones so they included those in the package but i couldn't even i couldn't even begin to go through all these stickers but i mean just so many i mean just so many cool like shapes and and who they are so i need to go through and grab one of each for my personal collection before i uh take them to the user group that to pass out but I just thought that was really cool. I love seeing these stickers. I love seeing the logos that the different user groups come up with. And it just thought it was neat. Thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, I do love. I love seeing other user groups with with more uh, more creativity and style than we do. <laughs> yeah, here in San Diego, we don't have uh, we don't have the time. You know who came up with our logo, right? Yours truly. Yeah, yours truly. 
it was you. I was actually very proud of it at the time. Yeah, that's right. It's good. It's a nice uh, surfboard PHP logo. Yeah. Now I see some of the other ones. I'm like, man, I could have done so much better. Get this garbage <laughs> out of here. <laughs> All right. We should probably talk about some news, right? There's been some news going on. Oh, God, there's been some great news. I got stickers all over the place now. First off is the bad news. There's no doom and gloom segment this week. <laughs> all right. Uh, I know a lot of people tune in. We're making in. progress. Yeah, I know a lot of people tune in just, in. To, just to hear the bad news, but... Uh... <laughs> I watched the Trello board with bated breath. Like as you add stories, I'm like, all right, that that one's positive. I'm good with that one. <laughs> I don't even watch the Trello board when I add content. Yeah. Well, I go in there and see how often you and I have had the same story. Which we, which we you know, this is your fault. I'll wait till we to get to that. it. We have breaking news oh. if we have recorded on Thursday. Oh, I know. I felt so bad. Yeah. So but I noticed you'd put a link on there, which was actually better. A better link. I but, did. Uh, yeah, I did improve upon your work. So what do you got? You got some Git news? I got a little bit of Git news. Uh, Git 2. I'm not point... even looking at the Trello board anymore. Git 2.11 is out there. And... What's that Git me? Uh, <laughs> I see what I did there. You see what I did there? I it's Git. No. It's Git me. Yeah. 2.11. <sighs> Git me. <laughs> As with all of Git's updates, I barely understand what's happening i know that's it it's like can i still clone push and pull yeah okay i'm yeah. pretty much does it, good <laughs> does it work until, yeah, until there's, there's a uh, to those commands there's some stuff about auto sizing the the short hashes and don't care <laughs> uh simpler stash ids which i that is pretty nice actually, i might actually end up using that yeah i can actually see a use for that i I don't use stashes as much as I feel like I could, but yeah, it would be nice to not have to dig through the stashes too hard. It'd be nice to be able to tag a stash. Oh, that's something they should do. Be able to tag a stash. Yeah, I should work on that. Put that on the list somewhere for someone, will you? <laughs> Put it on. <laughs> yeah, given my my generally poor knowledge of Git, I'm not sure if that's actually a, a thing that would make sense. <laughs> There's some module diffs, things like that. Yeah, I, I guess maybe if you're really into Git, it's worth looking at. But for me, as long as I can clone, push and pull. Oh, and reset hard. <laughs> hard head. <laughs> you, you use that. We tried to do a deployment. Oh, man, I should tell you about this. We tried to do a deployment of Laravel. So one of uh, John, who's still hasn't figured out how to work his mic, he's just screaming at his camera on the last couple yeah. of podcasts he's been trying to mime his contribution in and it's not working john and i came up with this architecture of wrapping laravel around legacy applications and how you could like start to migrate a legacy app into a laravel app and we we'd come up with this with one of our primary clients in mind and it's been a very long time of testing it of tweaking the the architecture and defining a period of where we could actually implement it. And so we finally, after maybe a full year, we finally had gotten to a point of the Thanksgiving week where we decided to roll it out. And uh, it didn't go so well. <laughs> but what had happened was, and part of it was our fault for being a little too trigger happy as far as 
being too nervous and thinking something had gone bad and stopping stuff. But what it was is we actually had included some migrations with this deployment and the database is massive. It's a massive database. So the migration was just churning and burning through this one table, making these changes, but everybody got nervous that something had gone wrong and the load on the database had was just going through the roof. I mean, we were like, the application was coming down. People were no longer able to get to the login page. So we stopped and we had to roll back. And man, we learned a lesson about rolling back because the way we did it, the we have a deployment strategy where every time we do a deployment, we tag the deployment. And the idea is if we ever have to roll back, we roll back to a tag. But we didn't take that approach for this because there was this moment of panic and stress and everybody was, you know, doing 14 different things. We were trying to get the application back up. So we ended up, what had happened was a developer said, okay, I'm going to do a pull request that pulls the Laravel out of the branch and deploy that. And that's what he, that did. Instead of rolling back, he kind of, kind of pushed the branch forward. So what happened as a result of that is... The next time, it just so happened it was me. I refreshed my development branch from master, and I go to push to our staging server to test some code I, I was working on. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on? I'm like, my push to staging is changing like 40 different <laughs> files. And we figured, it took us a while to realize that it was trying to roll out the Laravel deploy that we had on staging. And we're like, wait, no, no, I want to keep that there. And man, it was like a good two or three days of, okay, what do we do now? And eventually we ended up doing what we should have done in the first place, which was rolling back to the tag and life was good. Sure. But man, what I, I tell you, I don't, A, first off, I don't know where I would be without Git. And, and just having that ability to, to manipulate timelines, right? And move forward and move back. But yeah, it was a stressful couple of days and man, <laughs> I hate those. We're hoping now that we understand what it was doing, I think we're going to try to do another deployment over Christmas break because these breaks, this client is heavily involved with schools, colleges. So these breaks really takes a lot of load off. It's not all that they do, but it's probably a good chunk of their business. And when the schools go and break, it takes a lot of load off the application, so probably try to do that then. But speaking of Laravel, guess what? What? Laravel. Laravel 5.3.25 has been released. And I'm going to tell you what, the guy keeps releasing new features with these little incremental releases. Really not sticking with December too closely. <laughs> Well, he, he is. They're not breaking changes and they're not bug fixes either. Like if it's point five point three point, that third point is supposed to only be bug fixes. It's not supposed to be, I didn't think it was supposed to be like new, new features, but yeah, they've added some cool uh, validation rules. So now when you do a validation rule, you can do a before or equal or after or equal. So if you're like checking on a date, like if somebody's old enough to buy liquor, you can do a, you know, were they born before or equal to, and then whatever that date is. So there's that. He has also added some file permission uh, functionality where you can set file permissions and view file permissions and things like that. But so yeah, Laravel 5.3.25 is out there. I'm sure it's probably up to 2.7 now but i'd have to check my phone but i i think it is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> all right so what else has been released oh it's the, the big thing everyone's talking about very exciting news very exciting php 7.1 is officially out it is out it is gold out. 
It is gone. And available so now. They have some. You came across a, a pretty good article that talks about some of the new features in 7.1. Uh, do any of these like entice you? Or I know you've been talking a while about wanting to upgrade. Well, like I've said before, 7.1 is a a version that basically finishes the work that was started in 7.0. It, it fixes some of the behaviors that they were trying to get all the way in. Things like typing, strong typing for variables and return results, things like that. The first example of what's changed is the, the new iterable pseudo type. So previously you had an iterable interface and you could say I'm expecting an iterable interface or you could say I'm expecting an array which is not of the type iterable. It's not an iterable object, it's a construct. Now you can just say iterable as a pseudotype and it will accept arrays or the iterable object. That or why I would use it. Yeah. I, a lot of this stuff <laughs> a lot of this stuff is for framework type developers or you yeah. know, large system developers. Now the one that did stand out to me and I thought was potentially had the potential of being confusing and you tell me if I'm wrong or not, but what was it in 5.6 or I think it was in 5.6 where they did the use the square brackets and, and replace of typing out array and sure. doing that? 5.4. Right? 5.4. Uh, okay. I love that shortcut. It's made c code look so clean. It's so easy. But now they, they're implementing that exact same syntax for list. Yeah. It depends on where it is in relationship to the equal sign. So... Yeah, man, that just seems like it's going to be. I don't know. It just seems like it would be confusing. You know, to look and I at. hated list before this too. Yeah, uh, this just makes me think I'm gonna hate it. Yeah, I'm it not a big fan of lists either. And I don't know. I just I, I saw that. I'm like, uh, they couldn't have come up with something else. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else. But <laughs> yeah. Well, and they also added a feature to list where you can insert keys for the listed values. So with this new... That's an array, though, isn't it? I, I saw right. that, too. I'm like, but that's... So, we have that already. It's called an array. <laughs> right. I, I'm not exactly sure, because, I mean, God, the syntax right here, it just it looks like, what are you doing? Why didn't you do a for each loop? This is crazy. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. Na it's now, the, array. the other one, and I remember you mentioning this before in the past, was the nullable type, right? Yeah. So explain this one. Now you can say that uh, a a, uh, a hinted argument is nullable, so it accepts null as a value or whatever the declared type is. That's just finishing up. Null and uh, void would be a, a valid return value now as well, which it wasn't before. And that's just finishing up the work from 7.0 with the, the strong typing and the uh, return values. Yeah. So there's always been this controversy around if every function should always return something and if you should not be returning true-false, right? There was the big push of, hey, don't ever just return true or don't return false. Or, or I think it was really just don't return true. But now you can just not return anything, right? Yeah. That's the void function is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fine by that. I don't mind yeah. that at all. I'm a big fan of uh, class constants. So it's like a type hint where you're saying this should never return anything, right? That's the point of that? Right. And if you say variable equals function, then at the linting, I believe, PHP will error 
out on that. Yeah, and, okay. And it allows for IDEs to read the values as well and know that you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry, I cut you off. What was one of the things you were looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the uh, class constant visibility. So previously, if you had a constant in your class, which I use a lot for models when I define Boolean fields or status fields, one through five or whatever, I have a constant status open, status closed, status draft, and has the values associated with it there. Uh, but you couldn't previously control the visibility of that. So I have some constants that are internal to the model that are just supposed to be for use by the model. And then I have some constants that are supposed to be globally available so that people can use them to build switch statements and things like that. So now you can control the visibility of constants in classes, which is pretty nice. Yeah, and there's some other cool little features in 7.1. Are you aware of any backwards break changes between 7 and 7.1? I don't know if there's any official backwards compatibility breaks. Oh, there we go. There's a list. Yeah, click on the link. It just says it. Yeah. Throw on passing too few function arguments. This was an error before or a warning, but now when you don't pass enough arguments to a function, it will throw an exception. A fatal error. Forbid dynamic calls to scope introspection functions. Not going to worry about that one. <laughs> Where are you seeing this? I'm not seeing this uh, list. Uh, PHP.net manual EN migration 71.info.php. Oh, okay. You're, you're on the... I'm on a whole show. new page. Yeah, yeah. A uh, few incompatibilities. I see it there, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the class and trait names of void and iterable are no longer valid. So if you had a class named void, then what the hell were you doing in the first place? <laughs> it's just asking for trouble. Here is an interest one, interesting one, though, is numerical string conversions now respect scientific notation. So if you're doing some math in your app, you might want to make sure everything's still groovy. Uh, and Rand is no longer the old Rand we used to have. What's his name redid that, didn't he? Um, what is it now? Rand is now alias to MT Rand, and S Rand is alias to MT S Rand. I think Sammy K from PHP Roundtable had a hand in that Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that was something else. But yeah, I, I know he did some work on PHP Core, and it had something to do with randomization. I don't remember the specifics of it, but I told you we tried to do that rollout of Laravel on the one client. One of the prep things we had to do before we did that was get the client up to 5.6 was a challenge in itself. And man, we probably spent a solid so they jumped from, I want to say, 5.3 to 5.6. It wasn't a massive jump. Uh, it wasn't a 4 release to 5 or anything like that. But we probably spent a solid month working on, on encoding issues. Encoding was a big thing for us. There was a lot of issues with encoding into the database incorrectly. And, and the fact that the database is formatted, <laughs> isn't formatted with the best encoding decisions. I don't know how we're going to ever fix that. Do you, I mean, is there, can you actually change? I don't know. Somebody asked, they're like, well, how do we get this to UTF-8? I'm like, ugh, I don't know if we can. <laughs> I think we have the to. encoding type on the field? Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. You can? What do yeah, you, yeah, no biggie. Do you do a table by table or do you do the whole do you do the whole database? If I was gonna do it on a big database, I'd dump the database, do a string edit, and then dump it back in. That's funny, that's exactly what I thought about doing. I'm like, I we could do a database dump. And mind you, when we do a dump on this database, it's like six or seven gigs. It's a big one. But I thought I'm like, you can do a dump on the database and just do some Vim commands to do a search and replace all, everything to uh, you. Wouldn't want to do it in Vim. 
Vim. Vim will lock up on you. No, it won't. Come on. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, no, it won't. Oh, yeah. Vim won't lock up on you. Yeah, you could do it that way. You could just do it from the command line. Yeah, just grep and send. The other way to do it is just dump out your table structures into a text file and write a series of ultra tables based off of that. That was somebody else that recommended that, and I wasn't a fan of that approach. I'm like, man, it just seems like something could go wrong there. But we're going to have to cross that bridge at some point because it's one of those things where it's not a huge problem day to day, but when you get these little glitches it becomes a massive inconvenience it becomes a huge pain in the ass that's like one of the things we did uh, on a same same client different project is we kind of didn't want to be too confrontational with a, another development group who were insisting on going to postgres they wanted to move everything to postgres and uh you know we conceded eventually we conceded and said well listen our application is written in Laravel. We're going to handle everything through migrations. So if you guys want to manage the Postgres, then you know, fine. We'll use Postgres. Well, it turns out that other development group is no longer with our client. It's just us. And we're left holding the bag, you know, this Postgres bag. It's like, son of a bitch! <laughs> so now we have this Postgres. And, you know, you might remember a few shows back, I really dove head first into Postgres. I was bound and determined to figure out what was better with Postgres over MySQL. And I can say with a certain degree of confidence that, yeah, five years ago, four years ago, there was a good solid argument to go with Postgres. If you were a data-driven company, if databases matter to you, there was an argument to be made to use Postgres. You know, true compliance blah, 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 does not hold water anymore. It just doesn't. I mean, MySQL has really narrowed that gap. And I don't see, there's just not enough overwhelming reason to pick Postgres over MySQL. And if anything, there's more of a reason to pick MySQL over Postgres just based on the tools that are available to you. The tools, the knowledge, the tutorials. I struggle to find a good Postgres client, a GUI client. Yeah, I don't I don't use GUIs a whole lot, but I know that simple things that I know in MySQL are just vastly different than the stuff in Postgres, like showing the table structure. Right. It's not a show tables. It's a slash, I think it's GT or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and I mean, that was like a good 15 minutes. I'm like, what do you mean that's not a command? How can that not be a command? Yeah, I thought that was just an SQL thing, not a Postgres thing or a MySQL thing. Yeah, that's another thing. So I've been doing some experimenting on migrating from Postgres to MySQL. And that's not a super simple thing to do either, but it's something yeah, that, that is doable. Yeah, that seems unpleasant. It's doable. It's just, fortunately, we're not taking advantage of any like real Postgres-specific functionality. And we need to be careful that we don't do that because I feel like, yeah, we're going to make that change at some point in our if we're going to stick with this client, which there's no sign indication that we won't be with this client for a while so so yeah that's that's all fun day-to-day development stuff i tell you so here's something for you go ahead you know what will have occurred by the time this podcast releases i would have watched porn close the 90 minute season finale of westworld oh man i told i told you my opinions of westworld i'm gonna watch the season finale i don't understand this at all i don't I'm understand done, i'm done with it i'm so done with it i, I mean it, it's just like I, there, there's nothing that's holding my interest anymore I, the maze. Uh, nah, nah, screw the maze. See, I'm I'm expecting a fantastic finale 
fireworks and guns and everything you've just written the show off now you they've they've explained everything that's that it they, they have it, it, it was a know. great show but i think it was a one season show for me and i don't see but it's a three season the whole story is a three season uh, arc. see I, I i there's nothing there that has my interest going we'll see how the season finale goes maybe i'll completely change my mind time next week but what if they end up in medieval land that would be awesome actually i would totally watch it see <laughs> see you just written it off without an open no, mind. No, I just said it. Well, see, I'm going to watch the finale, but there's nothing there for me. But begrudgingly. 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 Yeah. All right, man. I think it's a fantastic show. It was a fantastic I, I show. Wait. It was a fantastic show. Still is. It's over. The show's over. You need to let it go. Not over. It's, it's not over. It's over. You know what else is over? This show. This podcast. What? Oh, this God. Episode. I walked right into that. It's over. It's over. All right. I think uh, we've had a pretty impact solid show here it was a good one we did we really pulled it together we talked about stuff yeah we didn't even dip into our if we need more content tab. no no i had that there I, I might keep that there for a little bit but yeah yeah all right well thomas thomas right out thank you eric van thank johnson you for joining me for another night of being ugly i appreciate it I, it's my pleasure um if i didn't have you here i'd just be doing it on my own <laughs> be ugly by yourself <laughs> all right this is uh once again it's a shame john couldn't get his microphone working maybe next week john good luck next time that's what we should get john for uh, christmas get him a new mic maybe he'll uh, be able to speak next time instead of just having his ugly face get him a babysitter i think that'll help a little bit more <laughs> i offered i offered my daughters up to him and he declined <laughs> he declined <laughs> Honey, I'm sorry. There's been a misunderstanding, but uh, you're now married to my business partner. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have to advance this uh, this relationship somehow. So, okay, this has been episode 39 of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Van Johnson, and I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.